Hello and welcome back to the EMG podcast. Today we're going to be interviewing Keith Moore. Keith's someone I've known for the past 25 years or so. I first met Keith uh, when I was a canoer, um, and Keith still is, and, and he's gone on over the last 25 years to represent Great Britain at the World Championships and the European Championships on a number of occasions. He also worked for, uh, I think, about 14 years at the uh, Riddle University College as the head of sports science there. So we've um, recently brought Keith in to review the performance of EMG, and he's on a three-month contract as a performance management consultant to help us do that. So hi, Keith. How are you doing? Oh, very well. Thanks very much for having us along. Uh, pleased to be part of this. Good stuff. Good stuff. So I want to ask you a few questions, Keith. Find out a little bit about your background, about uh, your mindset and about um, your mentality and things like that. Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself first? Yeah, we'll go for a bit of a summary. I think uh, I put a lot of my uh, progression and success down to getting put into or encouraged into sport at a young age. And uh, I think my parents toured around to try and find a sport that I could take part in and stop me being a pain at home, I should imagine. And quite fortunately, we stumbled across being able to do canoeing. And as a result of that, I think just being involved in a sport taught me an awful lot of values and the rewards you get from um, from what you put in that then has allowed me to succeed in that sport and succeed in uh, quite a number of jobs that I've been part of over the years um, and it's allowed me to get to where I am now. Great stuff. And following on from that, what sort of education did you have and how did you get on? Well, regards to my education, I always kind of put it down to um, just, just hanging on to the uh, coattails of my brother because... Uh, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So when I was at school, I, I knew you had to pass enough exams in order to, to get into sixth form. I knew you had to do well enough in sixth form to, to go on to university if that's what you wanted to do. And I, I pretty much did those things because that's what my brother did. And that was a kind of good example for me. But with no real uh, ambition or understanding then of what I might need those for. And, and when it got to the point of going on to university, I, I did that because I wanted to do canoeing. And uh, so I picked all the universities in West London because that's where the best place to go training was. And I was fortunate enough to be able to get a place at Brunel University doing sports science there. So it's, it all started to fall into line, but only through the fact that I knew I had to be productive with my time and doing something each year to advance my education was the I kind of knew it was the right thing to do just yeah. at that time I didn't really know why I was doing it would you put that down to uh, a rivalry with your brother did it did you always want to try and do better than him or was it just doing the same as him it was um, in some things I would want to try and do better than him um, and some things I would uh, same as I do in my sport if I if I see someone doing something better than I'm doing, I try and find out what they're doing uh, to get the value from it. So because he was he was better academically than me, I would look to him to think, well, what does he do? And I should I should replicate that. Yeah. And the same in sports terms. If I saw someone doing something better than I was doing, I think, well, they've got... Um, there's no reason why I can't do the same. I'll just kind of, in a way, take what they do and either replicate it or adapt what I'm doing to make the most of my situation. Yeah, I know Steve, and I know he's a canoeer as well. At what, at what stage do you would you say you overtook him? <laughs> I, I think uh, I think I might argue with Steve that it's um, he never was in front in order for me to, <laughs> in order for me to overtake him. But I'm sure he'll recollect plenty of times when he's uh, when he's beaten us. I'm sure I beat you about 25 years ago. <laughs> sure. um, so, what was your first job, and, and what did that teach you? 
So my first job, uh, I kind of, as a, as a recall back, first proper job was um, a summer job working in field and track, an outdoor pursuits place. And, uh, and that kind of probably taught me the values of, um, if, a bit like in sport as well, if there's no challenge, then there's no real engagement. Because I remember starting and myself and some of the other people on the sales floor, we would be either very active and engaged in what we're doing, but only if we were really set something that to work towards. Either we got told that we were going to have our sales numbers tracked and you'd have the kind of strongest salesperson at the end of the week, or it would be put to push a new product or something like that. And then that would get us motivated. When we had a manager uh, that wouldn't set those tasks at the start of the week, then we just messed about. So. Yeah. In, in from week to week, I had just as much fun whether I was messing about or not doing anything because I'd be playing around with the other guys on the floor or I'd be having fun motivated trying to get these tasks. So I guess uh, the thing that I learned is <coughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to fill my day and it'll either be going to be filled that's productive for myself and the company or it'll, or it'll be less productive for, yeah. the, uh, for the company. From that side, I guess you're saying there basically that you, you, you had a manager that inspired you by using targets. Who inspires you now? I think what, what mostly inspires me now is, is seeing an impact on something that I'm able to have an influence on putting in place. So if it's working with an individual or working with teams, uh, regardless of, of where it is and what environment it is, if you can see someone that's making an improvement um, as a result of something that you've been able to look at, analyze, uh, I kind of call it ground zero as far as finding out where they are or what their, what their base level is, and then see, okay, well, how much can we improve from this point going forwards? And then start to see that marked improvement and if you can quantify it, great, because you can physically see those that situation getting better. And also just with the individuals themselves, they, they start being a lot happier either in their sport because they're getting some success or in their work because they're, again, they're seeing a success from it. So um, yeah, it's, it's trying to see, uh, establish a culture of success within somewhere. Yeah. Is there anyone specifically though that, that, that you would say inspires you? Um, <clears throat> I think about this a lot and Probably not not so much. I can think of some quotes and bits like that yeah. that I kind of stick to quite a lot. Um, but generally, whenever I kind of see someone I interpret as being more successful than I am, yeah. then again I'll look to what do they do, how do they how do they live their life, how do they run their life, opposed to kind of live their life. Uh, a friend of mine would always say, "You you become the sum of the parts of the five closest people to yeah. you." And maybe that's not as close as kind of day to day, but I see that as who do you who do you think of, you know, which five people might you yeah. think of when you're trying to establish how you're going to tackle a problem. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, from your experience of coaching GB medal uh, medalist athletes, how do you think the sports mentality and, and mindset can be applied to business? Uh, I think there's a huge amount of overlap, and it's it, within the sports world i i sometimes think things move a lot quicker because often the goals that you're working to can sometimes be clear there's a little bit more clarity with regards to it and there's generally a little bit more of an immediate response to the inputs that you're putting in but the more i start looking at the business world the more i see those those crossovers um 
within business and within sport, you're generally working towards a goal and end goal, and then you'll you'll map out what that takes in order to get from the position you are at to to achieving that because you might know someone who's already at that level or you might have a business model that you know you want to achieve and then it's a case of putting those steps in place so sport team wise it's a case of you know you want to make the world championships or you want to make the top 10 or you want to make the top five or you want to win it whatever kind of you you deem as your achievable goal for the year and then you track back from that main date and think okay so in order to do that i need to achieve these goals by this timeline in order to do that i needed to put this type of training in this volume this intensity or this specificity of training in order to be able to achieve that and for me that works the same in business you generally have some yearly goals you'll have your critical numbers or key performance indicators and then you work back from that but it's all very well mapping it a bit like writing a training program then you've got to go and do it mm. so unless you go and do it unless you wake up Monday morning and, and go and do your training or unless you start Monday morning at work and put those input in in the productive right way so you're not just turning up at the gym and going through the motions you're not just turning up at work and going through the motions you're, you're getting a purpose out of the day and that's where I kind of see in athletes and in people in work making the biggest difference and I, I coach a lot of uh, individuals and some of those have been incredibly successful and emphasizing the point that you make every single session count make sure yeah. there's a purpose to it make sure there's a purpose to this next block of training what are you going to get out of it you've got a you've got a, a block in your working day that you want to achieve and can you look back on it and think yeah that was a good day how do you know it was a good day and you're able to you're able to tell that story yeah i think from what i've seen it, it's um it's almost the attention to detail. I think a lot of businesses will have a long-term plan and they might have a, even a 12-month and a quarterly and a monthly and a, even a weekly plan, but I think it's the detail that an athlete, that, that will, the, the detail they'll go to in, in that they almost know by the minute what they're doing. You know, they know each session what that's going to be, whereas in a business I don't think you tend to get that, or, or in the average business I don't think you tend to get that, and I think that's what makes the... the, the you know, a bit like the, uh, the elite athletes, the elite businesses, that's what they do, is that... that, that just really getting granular on it I think you're right there because with the the sporting side of things one successful sports club compared to another they might have the same number of people they might have the same facilities they might have the same access to to races so what makes one club better than the other it's likely that it is that granular level granular level detail of these individuals being set in a routine that they're so drilled in that routine which is a kind of a successful culture that they've got without really knowing how much that routine is leading to such an advantage over another club. Yeah. And that could be anything down to having their, their protein drinks easily available. So as soon as they finish training, they, they start recovering ready for the next training session. If another club doesn't do that, well, that gives those, those athletes uh, an advantage. Um, <clears throat> some of it's to do with the, the quality of the training program that's written for them. But more often than not, it comes down to the the individual themselves and their ability to, or their buy-in to follow that successful culture that's been established at that club. And I think maybe possibly it's, you know, in, in sport, take canoeing, you, you've got a very clear goal. It's not just, I want to win a race. It's at the end of the race, there is a clear winner. It's not like saying in business, I want to be, you know, this size in revenue or turnover, you know, in profit. If, if you go just above that or just below that, it doesn't mean you go from second to first or from th second to third. Whereas in sport, if you're you know half a second behind someone else in a race, that can be two or three positions. 
Um, so you have to get that detail in it because there's a real clear goal at the at the end. Yeah, fixed, and, and whenever you look into uh, races, and the more the more granular you're able to be with regards to your preparations, the the more successful you're going to be, and the easier sometimes it is to be successful as a result. So if you meticulously plan your training for one leading into a race, but then knowing everything about that race when you get there, so you've done your research on your um, the competitors, you you know the environment you're going to be racing at, you you know the different kind of pinch points in the race and for me that's again it's quite similar to the business world is you you need to know your job inside and out in order to be most effective at that and not only that have a good idea of what the other departments a bit like what the other competitors yeah. do in order to uh, to maximize your ability to be more more successful great stuff and having used that that yourself what would you say is your biggest success in sport and have you achieved it and uh, following on from that, how can you transfer that into business? Um, I kind of got two standout successes for me. One of them is coming in the top 10 in the World Championships and marathon racing. And to get to that level, it was kind of a real desire when I came back to competing internationally that one, I wanted to have the honour of racing for Great Britain again because there's a huge amount of pride for myself in being able to represent Great Britain and then to make the top 10 in the world was a, a key goal and I had a great training group around me uh, helping me to prepare for that and they had huge buy-in for it and they seemed very excited as well about me going to the worlds and you know they'd come up with ways in which they would <coughs> specifically prepare me for the world championship race and it was it was great fun leading into it but it, it was knowing each step of the way what I was going to do in order to achieve that and another standout one was when we were the first mixed K2 and what I mean by mixed is um, uh, one female one male in a doubles boat in a K2 um, winning the Devizes to Westminster canoe race which is a 125 mile race that happens at Easter time and the planning that went into that was huge and it made it when it got to the day of the race it made it so enjoyable as, as enjoyable as six, <laughs> 16 hours of, uh, of, yeah. of canoeing along the Thames can be and it meant we were able to succeed in that and we detailed the planning on everything we knew uh, our support crew knew where they should be and when and you were yeah. thank, gratefully a part of that and <laughs> didn't get shouted at too much hopefully <laughs> uh, but we knew from talking to the London Port of Authority when we should hit the Thames at certain points so we'd, we were really meticulous on our planning yeah. and that gave us a lot more confidence Great stuff and, and on the flip side what's been the biggest mistake or failure and, and what have you learned from that? Um, I guess mistakes I so sometimes I I don't always think I make mistakes, as silly as that sounds. I think sometimes people might be more right than me. Yeah. But yeah. I, whenever I kind of come up with something, I'm, I really believe in it and I'm sure it's the right thing to do at the point of where yeah. I maybe put an idea across. But sometimes I will concede to the fact that someone else has had a better idea. Yeah. So when I kind of think back, oh, when did I, when did I mess something up badly or, or, or think I, I did something wrong? And something that really stands out that's helped me a lot is when I started thinking I was much better than I was in my sport. Yeah. And I ended up pulling out of a race because I, I just got to the point where I, I guess I believed I was better than I was and, um, and wasn't doing very well. Yeah. So I had a bit of a toddler tantrum, I think, yeah, and, yeah. and pulled out. 
And then my mum had come to watch the race and, and she unleashed the fury on, <laughs> on me. And yeah, just kind of put me back into line. And I tell you what, I, I don't think I've ever pulled out of a race yeah. since, unless it's as a result of injury yeah. or serious boat damage. Yeah. And it kind of just installed in me kind of the fact that you are only as good as you are. And that, that, that line between confidence and, and arrogance and, and understanding what your level is, is, is really important. And yeah. you get that from doing regular races in the sports world or regular competitions to judge where you are. But you also get that in the business world by having kind of regular updates on what is your actual performance? Do you track your performance? And can you say at the end of the day, at the end of the week, yeah, I've had a good week because, or I've, I've had a bad week because of this, but this is what I'm going to do about it. Yeah. Okay. And what's the best advice you've had um, or, or that you live by other than from your mum? <laughs> other than being kept in line by my mum if I don't race hard enough. Um, something that I, uh, we established in our training group a little while ago was actually a Rocky Balboa quote yeah. about um, how life isn't all about sunshine and rainbows and it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forwards and how much you can take and keep moving forwards. And for me, that's, that means a lot. And we, <laughs> it sounds quite militant, but we make the new kids in the group when they come along and start training with us, we make them learn that quote yeah. because it's, it's so important to say, it doesn't matter how great kind of a one-off day might be. Yeah. And when times are getting tough, that shows your kind of character. Yeah. That shows me which people are going to be successful or not. If you can keep pushing through when, when times are harder, you, you can take it when things seem like they're against you, either in training or in racing or in work. And if you can keep pushing through and you can come out the other side, that's the sort of character that makes people successful. Or yeah. as Rocky would say, that's how winning's done. Yeah, exactly. What personal development do you do yourself? Um, personal development-wise now, I will... I would try and engage a lot more in um, trying to keep up to date with kind of what's happening more in the world. And that's probably something that I haven't always been very good at in the past. I would be too focused on something. So in order for for me to do that, I spend a lot of, well, any spare time I've got trying to make the most of things like audio books and listening to The Economist on, on audio. Um, stuff like that, because I think it, it helps you see what's happening in lots of different situations and the more you get exposed to any sort of knowledge the more you can then apply that to your own set of circumstances yeah and there's a lot to be said about you know making the most of your time and if you're if you've got spare time try and fill it with something productive yeah yeah definitely what's next for keith uh, what's next for me is is preparing for uh, a couple of long uh, races that have got coming up a uh, running race coming up soon at uh, the end of February so we'll see how we do on that and then most importantly for me is attempting this long race again um, with a K2 partner Tom Sharp he's out in New Zealand at the moment doing a, a mix between uh, hopefully having a nice holiday break and hopefully doing plenty of training still yeah. but we've raced together at two world championships and and been very successful in those and we're looking to try and take on this 40-year record it's something we wanted to do last year but unfortunately the race was cancelled because of the weather conditions so we're preparing for yeah record attempts on this devices to westminster so fingers crossed things going well between now and then and we'll see how we get on are you doing any 
new different things that you did from last time? We're, we're trying to apply um, the kind of everything that was learnt before to, to make it as effective for this uh, attempt as we can. Yeah. And things that will change are is making sure that any mistakes we made back then we've got more fail safe plans in place so we're trying to recruit as many of the the people who supported us back on the attempt that was very successful the same again because if those guys know what to do if it's not broke we won't try and come up with a new solution but then all the things that we that frustrated us back then what can we put in place as a fail safe to make sure they don't happen again so it runs even smoother Great stuff. Anything that you would say uh, is the key to success? For me, my success has come from working very hard and being very specifically focused on what it is I want to achieve. For me, it doesn't come down to talent in sport and in business. It comes down to someone's ability to work hard, but purposefully work hard. So yeah. if they if they're have goals and they're focused on their goals and they're prepared to put in the work to do that, then they can achieve that. And with athletes and with sport, all these big businesses that you, you hear about, the successful business that people use um, as good examples, they all, they all had to start somewhere. Same with the world championship in the sport that you're doing. The, the Whoever the world champion is, it, he or she started somewhere the same as these kids are starting. Yeah. So there's no reason why they can't achieve. Equally, there's no reason why a business can't achieve just in the same format as another one does. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking to yeah, you. Thanks uh, very much for having me. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll uh, hopefully see you all next week.